Good morning, ladies and gentlemen, boxing fans around the world. The weekend of boxing finally wrapped up. We had some interesting outcomes, some of them expected, some of them not expected. And I want to kick off my coverage here with going back through many of the fights. I was disappointed with two of them, I believe. One of them, I'm not disappointed, but I'm surprised, let's say. And then there were some other fights on the undercard, some of which I didn't even catch because they weren't highly promoted, which is weird given the fighters involved. At the top of this, though, let's go into the the one I felt was going to be worth the price of admission. And I think anybody who watched all of the fights, or at least the majority of them, will agree with me. This fight, as I called it, was worth the price of admission, that being Lubin versus Fundora. Arguably, if you looked at, you know, Golovkin versus Murata, it's not like it wasn't a good fight for what it was. But clearly, clearly, Golovkin is on the decline age-wise. Murata came to fight. He did a decent job, but then his strategy switched, and we don't know why. And it wasn't like a stellar performance, really, from either guy. But when you talk excitement, when you talk action, energy, I, I would argue, and I challenge anybody in the comments. I want the smoke. I would challenge anybody to tell me that both Lubin and Fandora didn't show up and show that they wanted to get this done. This fight was interesting for a couple of things. One, it I think anybody that's watching Fundora for the first time now resonates when we say this dude is just tall. He's just lanky, tall. Like a prime Tommy Hearns, but nowhere near. He doesn't have the same power, number one. Uh, he's nowhere near as fast as prime Hearns. He's nowhere near as accurate as prime Hearns. And he doesn't have killer instinct like prime Hearns. But him being as tall as he is, creates problems for almost anybody he gets in there with. With Lubin, Lubin didn't seem to let that deter him. I would say, though, it was almost like watching Jamie Foxx in there. I don't know what Lubin was doing with that hairstyle because he looked like Jamie Foxx in there or Kevin Hart. There was points he looked like Jamie Foxx and points he looked like Kevin Hart getting his ass kicked. And then Fundora, I would, listen, I didn't find that Fundora was in any trouble at any point. Even when he got dropped, he was taking shots. Don't get me wrong. It was kind of like Pacquiao Horn. That one round, yes, Fundora was taking shots, flush shots. Fundora actually takes a knee. Horn didn't take a knee. Fundora takes a knee. And he said, you know, he had to recover himself. It didn't seem like he was significantly hurt by that barrage that Lubin was pulling out. Lubin was coming from behind. Lubin was not in a situation where this could have gone any other way except him going for it. He had to go after this dude. And I don't know if there was something with the awkwardness or whatever it is. I'll call out things I noticed, though. Fundora, for moments, not all the time, but for moments, he was not fighting tall like he needed to. He was fighting down, which drove me nuts. When he was fighting tall and rangy, Lubin had zero answer whatsoever. It wasn't close. Anytime he fought a little bit lower because he's trying to set down on the power, Lubin seemed to be able to crack him with either a counter shot or just a regular shot, evading a shot. And... I don't know who, I didn't watch who is training Fundora, but whoever's in his corner needs to tell him, Fundora, you need to keep fighting tall because that's, at this point, it's like the main weapon he's got is to protect it. I called out in the preview, Fundora's defense is the one thing I see weak. When I say defense, I'm not saying he has a glass jaw or anything. I'm saying he leaves himself open for shots. It's just like Boots Ennis. He leaves himself open to get hit and he leaves his hand down. He doesn't guard his face very well. And I think it's subconscious because he thinks he's so tall that nobody can reach him. Kind of like with Thurman and Pacquiao. But no matter how tall, big you are, you can't 
you can't make that assumption. You got to always keep your guard up and keep your defense going. That doesn't take away from his performance. His performance was stellar. I'm saying that he's now the man. If you didn't know, he's now the mandatory for the winner of Charlotte Castaño. I don't think he has any, I don't want to say any, but I don't think he has significant trouble with Castaño. Castaño is a very good fighter, but I think the height is going to cause a problem for Castaño. I think the range would cause problems with Castaño. There's no way Fandora beats Charlo, Jermel Charlo. There's no way he beats Jermel Charlo. I would argue Jermel Charlo stops him inside of six rounds. And that's not taken away from Fandora. I'm saying that the defense is still, the gaps are still on display from what I saw. And I don't see that that's gotten fixed. And I think he needs to fix it before he takes this step up in class. I give him major kudos for getting the stoppage against Erickson Lubin, especially after he got dropped and showing he's got a warrior spirit and showing that he belongs uh, as a fighter. He's never been completely dominated. He's never been completely embarrassed. Some people like on NSB said he was exposed. I don't see that because, again, the defensive gaps were always there. You could go back to almost every fight he's had. He takes shots just like Boots Ennis, and I don't like to see that. I don't like to see guys that are so confident in their power or their height or their range or their speed that they negate or they neglect, rather, their defensive strategy. They need to still have defense in the picture. I think Lubin did a better job defensively. It's just that once he saw he was getting outboxed, completely soundly outboxed on the outside, he had to do what he had to do, which is, I got to go after this guy. Going after him was a good strategy. Problem is, by the time Lubin did that, he couldn't sustain it. If Lubin had fought that way when he dropped Fundora in the, I think it's like a mid fight. If Lubin had fought like that early, like come out and blitzed him like Jacobs against Quillen, I think Fundora would have been bamboozled. I think Fundora wouldn't have had too much of an answer because Fundora doesn't have quick footwork to that degree. Like he's not able to evade punches. He does a decent good job, but I think Lubin would have been able to get him out of there if he had come out blitzed him early and not worried about, okay, to do the feel out, da, da, da. just don't even think about it, get him out of there, focus on the lack of defense, and just see if you can get a, a quick quick on it. Even if you just drop him quick early to make him think and make him respect your power early, because remember, the later you get in the fight, you're tired, everything's worn down, your power's not what it was. I give credit to Lubin for getting the drop when he did, but let's be honest, it was he had to throw a lot of punches to get that drop, and Fandora was taking some scary flush shots right on the chin, and his defense wasn't there. To Fundora's corner, I would say, look, you can't let your guy, you got you got to go back, work on that defense, man, because you can't let your guy be taking flush got, shots to the chin the way he was taking from a guy that short with less range. That's telling you he's got to stop fighting low and he's got to stop backing up and letting the guy come forward like that. You got to use what you got, get the guy off you, move lateral, you got to fix speed. You got to fix defense. You got a lot to work on with Fundora. He's not a prospect. He's solid, but he's raw. And I'm just saying we expect that Charlo is going to beat Castaño. That's not a guarantee, but we expect this to happen. If Charlo beats Castaño, there's no way Fundora beats Charlo. There's no, I can't see any world where Fundora beats Jamel Charlo. I can't see that because Jamel Charlo of the two Charlo brothers is easily the better boxer, even if he doesn't have the same power. He's easily the better boxer. He's easily the bigger threat. And Jamel Charlo has never been in significant trouble like Jamal has been at one or two points in his career. So to me, I'm uh, I'm cheering for Fundora because I think he's a, he's a nice kid. He's he's working hard and he's not afraid to go to go to war. So he's giving you style fights, good fights. It just feels like 
there's gaps in the game. And I want to see the gaps fixed because I don't want to see the kid hurt seriously as he steps up in class. Right now, this was a step up in class, a slight step up in class from, I'll say, the C level to the B minus level in Erickson Lubin. And he pulled it out and passed the test. But at the same time, he didn't look great doing it. Nobody can look perfect against these guys, but at the same time, we got to kind of be realistic about where they're at and sit them down, tell them, okay, we need to work on some things in the defense side to keep you safe so we can preserve your career so you can have a long career, but also spend time with your family afterwards without having to drink through a straw. Anyhow, Sebastian Fundora gets a stoppage on Erickson Lubin in nine rounds and I would argue one of the best fights that we've had so far, by far superior to Golovkin and Murata. And we, we learned some things about Fundora. I don't think we learned much about Lubin that we didn't already know. Uh, Lubin's got some work to do, but I think Lubin will recover if he wants to continue fighting. But he needs to get rid of that hair because looking like Jamie Foxx or Kevin Hart in there wasn't really helping his case.